My next guest is the former director of player personnel for the Oakland Raiders and now the director of player personnel for which XFL team is it? The Wild Wildcats? Uh, the, it'd probably be the f- team. They haven't officially come okay. out with now so i'm not at liberty to say but but we'll see i'll be working with uh coach rod woodson oh cool i actually had him on a while ago that's awesome yeah oh cool 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 so um, i saw you were involved before we can dive into your kind of you were involved with the wildcats pre pre pandemic how did that all shake out was it just crazy you know it was great it was a great experience i just left the raiders and uh took that uh, position with the uh, uh los angeles wildcats and it was great it was fun uh building a team from scratch uh, learning, you know, some of the things that maybe I didn't know, uh, but it's difficult, you know, when you walk into a program and there's zero. So everything you do uh, is the first time it's being done, whether it's building a roster, whether it's getting uh, facilities set up, uh, you know, pads for the players, you know, the, the league helped with that, but, uh, you know, everything was brand new. So uh, you, you had your stamp on it from the very beginning. And you, you did have former commander's legend Josh Johnson as your quarterback, so that doesn't hurt. We did. You know, we, we had a, a quarterback draft in, and it was great. You know, Josh Josh was great. I had history with Josh. We brought him in uh, to the Raiders for a uh, short period of time. Uh, and obviously, anybody that knows Josh knows he's a, a cousin of uh, Marshawn Lynch. So there was a connection there. So it was, it was it was good. Josh was good. That's awesome. And then, so you excited about? So, so when you when you, I know this kind of all details are kind of murky. When are you guys? When when is the season supposed like it's supposed to start? Like like next the season will start uh, right in uh, January. Oh, cool. That's awesome. Yes, that's awesome. And then have you have you have you met the Rock yet? Because it seems like it's it's gonna be awesome. <laughs> I have not. You know, I did not go to the uh, showcase in Hawaii. He was there this weekend, uh, so he was at that showcase. He and and uh, Danny. Uh, but I'm excited to uh, meet the Rock and and kind of see where we go from there. You guys need like a linebacker, DN. He'd be fantastic. <laughs> he, he, he looks the part. That's for sure. Yeah, no, that'd be incredible. It'd be like a, it'd be like Ballers comes to life. Um, <laughs> no, no, it'd be awesome. So I want to kind of ask you about your career a little bit. So I saw you 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 played at uh, Tennessee. What, what was that like for you? It was great. You know, I grew up in Knoxville, uh, and playing going to Tennessee was amazing. I mean, it was you know. I, I tell people I never played in a home game that wasn't sold out. It was amazing. I mean, we had a hundred thousand people there back in uh, the days when I played in, in the uh, mid eighties. So it was, it was amazing. And I saw you guys had a pretty stacked receiver group. We did. Uh, Tim McGee. I uh, played with him. He was the first round pick. I played with Willie Gault. I played with Anthony Morgan uh, and Anthony Miller, who was the first round pick. We had a ton of guys there that, that were all, uh, first round picks or, or, you know, middle round picks. And it was a great atmosphere to play football in. And I know he just announced his commitment to Texas, but did you think there was any chance you might get Peyton's nephew, Arch Manning to come to Rocky top? Uh, that was probably a pipe dream, <laughs> but one can hope, but uh, I, I think uh, Tennessee's on the way back. I think we probably need a quarterback and obviously Arch is a tremendous, tremendous, uh, a uh, football player with great lineage. So that would have been, that would have been great at University of Tennessee. Yeah. And then I lost your camera. Is your camera working all right? Because I think you lost, it just says it your name. Like- the SEC is getting a little tougher. The SEC, it has always been tough. So yes, uh, Oklahoma and, and Texas uh, will be aboard here in, in a uh, couple of years. And, you know, uh, the rich just keep getting richer. You know, if, if you can play in the SEC, you can play in the National Football League most of yeah. the times. But, yeah. 
it's a great conference. It's certainly the toughest conference in the country. Yeah. And I have a question. So you used a pretty a short NFL career playing wise. What, what was your draft process like? Uh, as, as a player, uh, my yeah. draft process, uh, you know, I, I was uh, drafted in the ninth round by the Steelers, which was uh, great back then. We uh, we had uh, 12 rounds, I believe. We had 12 rounds of the NFL. Is that televised? Uh, some of it, yeah. It, it wasn't televised uh, to the level it is today. So uh, it was televised at that point. But, again, it was 12 teams. I mean, it was 12 rounds, but it was 28 teams. So it was uh, it was uh, four less teams back then. So, uh, But the process was great uh, from the standpoint of uh, the people I – was able to meet uh, along the way as far as, uh, uh, you know, the people in the Steelers organization. I met those people uh, before they drafted me, which was amazing. Uh, I had, it's amazing. Uh, I, another aspect of it is Rod Woodson, who I'm working with now. Uh, I met him in that draft process and, and uh, we knew each other before we got drafted. As a matter of fact, four or five of us knew each other from all-star games. Oh, cool. Steelers drafted us. So uh, that, that was that was pretty, uh, pretty easy and pretty fun. What was the receiver group when you got to Pittsburgh? Was was was, was Swan and Stallworth still there? Uh, no, Stallworth was still there. Swan okay. was gone. Uh, Lewis Lips. It was uh, John Stallworth. It was uh, Ouija Thompson, myself, uh, and Charles Lockett, who was a uh, third round pick that year. Interesting. So, what, what was like your your kind of your career there like? Because I know you suffered some injuries. Yeah, I had injuries. It was it was great though. I I, I played uh, uh, a lot my first year. I played some my second year, and then uh, I was released because of the injuries. And then went to Tampa and played a year there. So I had a short career uh, be, because of injuries, but I had a great time playing. And then did you ever, ever did you always have an interest in kind of being in the front office? You no, know, I didn't know what I wanted to do to be honest with you. And then uh, Dick Haley. Uh, sent me a letter after I left there. He sent me a letter saying, if there's anything I could ever do for you, let me know. Uh, shortly after I finished playing, I uh, called him and, and told him, thank you for the letter and, and just didn't know what I wanted to do, but I wanted to try personnel. Uh, they didn't have anything full time, but I was able to get on uh, part time. And I did that for a while and the rest is history. That's wild. And then so <laughs> how do you get involved with the Jets? Dick Haley. Again, Dick Haley, uh, Went to the Jets. Uh, I was working with national scouting at the time. I've been there about six months and uh, he offered me a job and I took it and uh, I was there 17 years. <laughs> what, were the, what were the early days like when you're kind of getting, you're kind of getting like the, probably the, 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 I guess areas that the other, the main scouts don't want and you got to kind of got to fend for yourself and kind of build yourself, make a career for yourself. No, I lived in Tennessee at the time. So uh, I was, ordered, I, I, I was the Southeast scout. They had a job open. I was the Southeast scout. So it was, it, I have already done scouting. Uh, so I knew what it took to scout because, again, I was working with national scouting and had done some part-time scouting. So I just kind of hit the ground running. But uh, obviously, in my opinion, the South was the most football-rich area. So when I, I hit the ground running there, you know, it was it was different. You see a lot, lot of great football uh, in the South, whether you're at uh, uh, Mississippi or you're down at, obviously, Florida, Florida State. You know, Florida was big back in those days. Um uh, go to Miami, you, you, you're in Alabama, you go all over, you go into small schools in Louisiana. I mean, football players are everywhere. Yeah, that's why. So, um, so what was your kind of your main, your main, were you hanging out mostly kind of in the Florida, Florida and Georgia? That's mostly kind of the most hotbed for, for talent or were you kind of, were you just kind of just divvying up your time in, around all the Southern states? No, no. Yes. So I had an area. So I was okay. in South. So I, I yeah. covered 
North Carolina, South Carolina, Tennessee, Alabama, Georgia, Florida, uh, and I think half of Louisiana. That feels like the biggest area for like the first the first time. <laughs> that feels like like hey like yeah, we're like yeah like if you're going no, like northwest like I feel like that's like the easiest there. Like this feels like all right, this is going to be the most time consuming. Uh, well, you're right. I mean, obviously the fo- uh, the, the uh, most football laden area for sure. Yeah, sure. So you know there were a lot of players. You know a lot of guys who aren't playing at, at some of those schools uh, could play at other schools. So it was, it was interesting. And uh, I got to meet a lot of people. It was a fantastic process. What were some of those, those early days, like this kind of scheduling wise, you're just like probably not getting much sleep and probably just traveling like crazy. <laughs> well, it was, we were driving, you know, as the areas got you drive. So, uh, you know, you go from one school, you leave that school, you go to the next place, you get in a hotel, you write reports, you uh, go to the next school, the process starts over again. So, you know, you, you kinda, you're kind of out on the road, maybe eight, nine, 10 days in a row. You go home for three or four days and you're out again. So uh, yeah, and you have reports due and you're working. So it's, it's a process. They reimburse you for gas? Yes. Are good. <laughs> do they do it now? I know these prices, these prices are crazy. Are they doing that now? They saying, hey, we'll, maybe we'll think about it. It's, it's gas prices are amazing. They're, they're out of control. Yeah. Now, now they're like, Hey, like, see if you can take the bus, take the train. It's like four ninety five a gallon regardless for you. So who, who were some of the kind of the big name guys you were kind of scouting early on that you were like, all right, we got, we need to put this guy's name on like on a notepad. Keep remember this guy when we get towards draft time. Wow. So it was, it's interesting. Uh, at the Jets, we drafted, uh, we, obviously we drafted Keyshawn Johnson. We drafted, uh, Sean Ellis. We drafted. So one year we had, uh, four first round picks when we traded Keyshawn to Tampa we acquired two extra picks so we had four picks that year so we we drafted uh Sean Ellis John Abraham right we drafted Sean Ellis number 12 from Tennessee John Abraham number 13 from South Carolina and South Carolina if I'm not if I remember this correctly they did not win a game his senior year his year they or his junior whichever year he came out they did not win a game but he was obviously a player that stood out we drafted Chad Pennington next and, and uh, Anthony Beck with the, I think the 27th pick, uh, 28th pick, something like that. So you got um, all four we, of them in, in one round of one draft. Yes, we did. That's unbelievable. Yes. yes, we did. So from there, you're probably like, all right, draft, we're probably done now. Like we, we got everybody. <laughs> no, we, Hey, we, we kept going. It was, it was, again, it was a great experience. Uh, there were other years when we had multiple picks and we drafted some, some great players. Uh, but, uh, my time at the Jets, we went to four AFC championship games. We could just never get over the hump. Interesting. I know John. I've had John a bunch of times. John's, John's awesome. I feel like they haven't had a, a DN like him since he left. I don't think so. Uh, because, you know, he was he was a linebacker slash DN. And uh, depending on the defense you play, whether you were in a, in a uh, 43 where, you know, his hand would probably be on the ground rushing the edge. And, or if you're in a 34 where he's standing up outside he was a guy that was really i mean he was a four five high four four guy that could really run that was athletic and that could play on his feet uh so he offered you a lot and he could play in any system yeah i saw the other day he's third all-time in forced fumbles i had no idea it's amazing i mean yeah. to, to 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 do that you have to be uh very proficient with your hand when I mean, your hand use and stripping the ball and and john was great at that yeah what, what do you remember about scott and Revis? Darrell was interesting because he came from Pitt. He was a he was a corner that we uh, that uh, 
I'll also return punts. But the thing about Darrell Rivas is he was as competitive a tackler as he was a cover guy. He was super physical and he had the right body. He was a 5'10 guy, had a thick lower body. So he had explosion. It was certainly not afraid of contact. So uh, he was a do-it-all kind of uh, corner at Pitt. And uh, he, he took it to another level once he got to the NFL. Do you think he's the best corner we've seen in the 21st century? I don't know if he's the best uh, corner. It, it, it depends on what you're looking for in your corner. But if you're asking me if he's the most complete, I would say he is. I would say he's the most complete. Uh, but I also like the kid Jalen Ramsey who's playing now because I think he's another corner that's got size. He's competitive and he will tackle. Yeah. And, and for me, those guys who are uh, effective in the run game as a tackler, uh, they go up my list. Yeah. What do, what do you think of uh, Zach Wilson or the Jets took last year? Zach is uh, uber talented. I mean, he's a guy that can make all the throws. He's athletic enough to uh, avoid. He's got to get uh, more patient in the pocket at times. You know, young quarterbacks feel heat and they think they need to run. And, and that's what defensive linemen expect you to do for a young quarterback rather than step up in the pocket, be patient and throw the ball. So Zach, Zach had a little bit of that year one. Uh, but I th think he has the potential to be a really good quarterback. You yeah. know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to put the high praises, uh, the high comparisons on him that other people have, but I I'll just say that he has the skill set to be as good as his mentality will lead him to be. Yeah. yeah. That was incredible. Um, and then with the whole the, uh, Mike white game last year as well, too, because everybody was like, Hey, did we take the right guy? But he's still on the roster in case, in case things don't work out with Wilson. Um, right. Yeah. No, that's, that's incredible. So, so I have a question. What's like your, your, your best kind of like scouting story from your time with the jets. Uh, best scouting story. Uh, <laughs> my best scouting story may have been my first scouting story. So, uh, I took a job with the Jets. Well, you know, there are a lot of stories, and a lot of them I, I, I can't say over the air, but there, there, there are a lot of stories. So my first uh, school I was going to was East Carolina. I was living in Memphis, going to East Carolina. So I drive, not realizing how long the trip was going to be. It was about a 14-hour drive. So I'm driving. I get to East Carolina from uh, uh, Memphis at 3 a.m. Okay, so I'm at the school at seven. So I get a quick, you know, check in, a couple hours sleep, get up, go to the school. Okay, the coach there, uh, I can't remember his name was Steve uh, Logan, coach, coach Steve Logan. He was there. Uh, he was the head coach. He was also, he had also been in line for the Tennessee job uh, when they hired Philip Fulmer. So he found out that I had gone to school at Tennessee and he kicked me out of practice. So I, I drove 14 hours to get kicked out of practice. Who are you, who are you there to see? Was anybody in particular? You're like, Hey, like, no coaches, coaches get paranoid. And, and I don't know if they were playing Tennessee. I think maybe they were playing Tennessee, but he knew I, they had to be playing Tennessee, but he, he knew that I went to school at Tennessee. Uh, so I was asked to leave practice. That's, that's <laughs> My very first scouting story with the uh, New York Jets. Maybe they'd be power five if he didn't do that. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's wild. That's interesting. And I have a question. So are you, do you, I see you went to high school with Reggie McKenzie? I did. Yeah, we've known each other forever. Sure. High school. We played against each other in junior high school, but we went to high school together, college together. So that's we've awesome. known each other. 
what was it? What was it like when he brought you on as a director player, director of player personnel with the Raiders? Well, it was it was great. You know, obviously, you know, he was he was director of uh, pro personnel with the uh, Packers. And we had known, you know, we, we talked, we, we've known each other a long time. So that was great to try to build something. Uh, and he had played for the Raiders. It was a great experience to try to build something there. Uh, so it was, it was great working for him. He's, he's one of the most authentic and genuine people I've ever met in my life. Yeah. And I was, so I was looking at some of your classes from when you were there. What, what do you remember about the year you guys took Mac? Uh, Khalil Mack. Khalil, uh, it was interesting from the standpoint that he, he, his film, he stood out, you know, he went to university of Buffalo. Yeah. So there was a smaller school, but they played, I think they opened up with Ohio state and he had three sacks that game uh, versus Ohio state uh, as a little bit of an undersized end. Uh, but, you know, once you see Khalil, he is, he has muscles everywhere. He's got flexibility. And he was one of those guys on tape uh, that showed a, a variety of moves. You know, he would long arm a guy, get him off balance. And, you know, he could he could get a guy with one arm off balance, push him to the ground and sack the quarterback. So his his uh, balance and his leverage and his ability to bend the corner were were unique for us. Why do you think he wasn't at a bigger program? You know, guys developed slow. And, you know, he was a Florida kid. That, that I, I, I want to say he came in the college wing, 215, 220. Uh, so he was, you know, he was a slow developer and you have guys that don't hit a growth spurt physically as a football player to maybe that junior year. And he was one of those guys. Yeah. And then when you guys grab him and you probably think you knock out of the park and you grab Derek Carr in the second round, why do you, how do you think he was still there? Well, we liked Carr a lot. Okay. Had Khalil not been there, that was an option for us. Uh, but we figured in our opinion, Carr was maybe the, I can't remember which other quarterbacks were in that draft, but uh, uh, yes, I do. I, uh, the, was, that the man, from, was that the man? Was that EJ Manuel's driver now? No, no, no. The kid no. from uh, Central Florida. Oh, Bortles. Bortles was in that draft, and I can't remember who else was in that draft. So uh, the Texans picked Clowney with number one or yeah. number two. I can't remember yeah. what it was. And uh, we needed Bortles to go to, to make sure Khalil was there. So, but we knew that, you know, if, if, if we got Khalil, we were going to be crossing our fingers on car, but he, he sat there and he sat there and that was an easy pick. That was a no brainer for us. Was there any, was, was there any thoughts and maybe trade up thinking maybe he would not be there toward the end of the, of the round, we thought about it, but you know, we were, we were pretty early in the second round and uh, we didn't think Houston would take him because, you know, they took his brother and, uh, we, we just didn't believe that that was going to happen. So we, we, we were hoping it was there. And I think there were two or three quarterbacks that went between there, like the Manziels of the world and a couple other people. So uh, we were happy that Carr was there the second time around. What, what sold you about him? Uh, well, if you meet the kid, there's very few things not to like about Derek Carr. Uh, uh, you know, he's very smart. He's uh, athletic. Uh, he ran a, I want to say a four six four at Indy Combine. I mean, so he's athletic. Uh, he's got a big arm. Uh, he was accurate. He just needed some seasoning. And uh, but he was smart enough, and we knew if we drafted him, he had a chance to uh, be our day one starter. Did he ever say, "Hey, I played with this guy at Fresno State. If he's ever available, can you bring him in?" His name is Devontae. Of course, Adam. He, 
time, of course. <laughs> and 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 you know, he 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 loved the kid. I mean, he loved, and I'm so glad that they're together now to play. But but you know, he loved the kid. Absolutely. When you, when you were scouting, you were probably watching this tape. You're going, Who, who's this guy on the outside? This guy's oh, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. That's incredible. Were you surprised when that when the trade happened? Uh, yes, a little bit. But you know what? I, I'll put it to you this way: it's hard to go through the things that the receiver went through two or three years in a, in a row with the quarterback, yeah. and not hey, I need something that's going to be a lot more stable for me. I'm a player here too, uh, so I can understand the, probably the frustration that he had, and he was ready to go. You kind of like, what, what are your expectations kind of for the Raiders this season? You know, it, I think they have a playoff uh, caliber team. It's going to be tough. You know, that division is the, the now the best division in football. Uh, I'm never going to count out Patrick Mahomes. And I think despite losing uh, Tyreek Hill, the number of receivers they brought in and they drafted, I, I think they could end up being better because the ball would be spread around a lot more. And, and Travis Kelsey can't be uh, overlooked, obviously. Uh, but that's going to be a tough division. Uh, if you're asking me today, I would say maybe San Diego could be the, I, I say San Diego, LA could be the best team in the division. Uh, but it, it's a, it's a stacked division. It's going to be a stacked division. Yeah. And then I want, I want to ask you, so um, shortly when, when you, you, when you guys were let go, was that just a complete shock to you? When, uh, when, when Not no, uh, I, I was shocked a little bit from the standpoint of, uh, you know, we were told that Reggie would have time to uh, work with John and, and that was in the case. So when that happened, then, you know, it was a matter of time. We've been in business long enough. We know how things like that happen. And so I was looking at the timeline because I wanted to ask you about it. It was right after you left the whole Antonio Brown thing happened. Were you talking to people in the building like, what the hell is going on here? Everybody knew. Every Everybody, I was shocked. I did call a couple of people. And, uh, you know, the stories I heard were outlandish, uh, to say the least. Uh, but am I surprised? No. I also know a lot of people in Pittsburgh. So I, am I surprised? No, not at all. My, my favorite is the one that nobody talks about. It's when he could remember the whole thing with the helmet, when he didn't like the new helmet that everybody's bringing yeah. in. And he, <laughs> he, he, he painted his old one and tried to sneak it in. And that was the end of it. And I'm like, I would pay money for that helmet. That helmet should be in the Smithsonian because I don't, I'm hoping Raiders was spelled correctly, but if not, I want it even more. And oh it was, because I remember the training camp, he showed up in the hot air balloon, he had the, fr the, the frozen feet, and then he's never played in the, it's, it's crazy. So then, you know, like, it was one thing after the next. It was yeah. one thing after the next. It was incredible. It was incredible. Um, so were, were you, was, I forget, I'm messing up the time, the Thailand. So was, was your, you guys drafted Amari. What, what did you see out of him at Alabama? Uh, Amari Cooper was and is one of the best route runners that I've ever evaluated. I mean, he's a guy that has speed, obviously, but his route ability, his ability to get in and out of breaks. If you could do a teaching tape on Amari Cooper. Yeah. That was incredible. And uh, and, and, and previous to that, the, the, the greatest route runner I'd, I'd really seen was Santana Moss. But Santana really? Moss Santana Moss was 5'8", five, 5'9", five, and Amari Cooper is 6'2". Is because I forgot, Moss started out with the Jets, so you, you were probably in there yeah. kind of going after Yes. Uh, and again, as a route runner, I mean, he's a smaller guy, so he's supposed to be able to get in, in and out of routes, but incredible. That's awesome. That's wild. 
Because I remember that one season, I forget, I forget what season it was when you guys, I remember one season, was, the, was it a Sunday night game or Monday night game? You guys lost to Washington and then nobody, everybody thought you guys were going to beat them um, with, the, with the Raiders, with, with Cooper and Carr when they were kind of getting up there. Was it a Sunday? Yeah, Sunday? yeah, yeah. That game was in, uh, it was a game, uh, I think the game you're referring to was, was that the game in Oakland or the game in Washington? I don't remember. I just remember like you guys were massive favorites and what, and, and I'm like, it was probably game in Oakland because uh that's that's the uh, was that one of my losses that year that we went 12 yeah. and three and uh, uh no we went 12 and four but uh the game versus Indianapolis is when Carr fractured a bone in his back yeah. and we ended up first round of the playoffs yes that's I think cool. it was that, that so that was in that was in uh Oakland yes we did. yeah right one second Are you sure dog sitting he's not he doesn't understand zoom um yeah, that's why and then so one ask before we let you go so obviously you get the new gig with the xfl what can fans kind of expect when that kind of gets rolling you know i think it's going to be an exciting entertaining league it'll be fast paced obviously i think uh there'll be a lot of good football players uh guys who are hungry to get back in the nfl those guys hungry who love the game of football uh so it'll be interesting i, I think it'll be really interesting that's awesome. Did you? I don't know. Did you catch any of the USFL? You kind of watch watching a little bit of that too. That's what they've got going I on. There were interesting players there. Uh, that was, you know, people that love football. Uh, they 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 love the 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 ground roots aspect of a guy coming. Maybe this is his last shot. Uh, maybe this is his only opportunity to get back to the NFL. They love those storylines, and I think. Both uh, leagues offer that, but I think the XFL has has something that no other league has this year, uh, with, with the exception of the NFL, is because uh, you have the people behind it. You have the first uh, minority woman as a, uh, a chairman. Uh, so, I mean, you, everybody can see themselves and things going on in the XFL. So that, that's, that's what's enticing about what's going on here. And it's going to be in different locations. I know USFL is just in Birmingham. XFL is going to be kind of spread out, right? Somewhere like it was. Locations, you know, there'll be a hub city, uh, but every team will play in their home city on that weekend. So awesome. you base. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, that's that's really, really all the questions. Really happy. Really appreciate you taking the time um, to chat. I know there's really not much going on football-wise. I know we got training camps a couple of weeks, but I do appreciate the time. Can't wait um, with the XFL get, get rolling. I think USFL is just wrapping up. I think they've got maybe like a championship yep. left, but I do really appreciate the time and you chatting and, and it does mean a lot. Well, thank you. I appreciate it.